time talking about the joys and stresses of graduate school, and we have talked about some of the things that help us persist through everything. One of those things that we have not touched on a whole lot on is spirituality. There's a stigma around being a person of faith or a spiritual person in the sciences, but it's an identity a few of us hold very close to our hearts. So we want to share our experiences with you. So we're reaching the almost the end of our semester, so I thought it would be a good time to just kind of touch base, see where everyone's at, how things are going. <laughs> that sounds like graduate school. That, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a grad student answer. Uh, uh, where do we start? Where do we start? Where do we end? <laughs> uh, it's that time where we start thinking about like, oh, hey, this class has a final. Mm. project or final essay to work on like, yeah those I should start I thinking about that and then, yeah, yeah those December due dates are like right around the corner like I have a committee meeting in December yeah. that's like yeah that's soon that's soon uh, <laughs> yeah, people are starting to you know think about yeah finals papers tests yeah, what they're gonna that. do next semester yeah. I Crazy. mean it's good though that we have a few days at least for Thanksgiving break mm-hmm. I luckily get to go home this year so Woo-hoo. it'll be really nice I get to go see my family and then you know come back for the home stretch of the semester you also get to escape the snow the snow yeah for a few days yeah. that is another thing that has happened here in Fargo yes. is uh, winter has come and yes. winter is here to stay <laughs> so as a uh, southerner who the other day referred to a plow as the snow getting rid of rubber mm, yes. I definitely need to get away for a few days yep, no. <laughs> it's better than um, the plow in Minnesota that's called Plowy McPlowface uh, we, we, we talked about that the other day <laughs> I, I saw a pl- Plowy McPlowface once like in the flesh, That's in the metal, I guess, metal. not flesh. <laughs> I did, I did see Plowy McPlowface. So the um, they, the one and only. Um, he is real. Um, well, today, I managed to get Taylor Swift tickets. <laughs> which, if any of you were following along on TikTok, Twitter, wherever you were watching, uh, was a seven and a half hour feat. But I did it, and I get to bring my mom, and I'm kind of considering it um, an early Christmas present for myself. Which is another thing I think we're starting to think about as the semester ends up is um, Christmas and a lot of the things that come with that season, especially um, as the three of us when we talk about being spiritual, people of faith, whatever you prefer to refer to it as. And so I figured we should start at the beginning with that. Like what, where did your spirituality or faith come from like were you raised with it what were you raised I love hearing people's faith stories yeah I um grew up religious we went to Sunday school every Sunday we went to church every Sunday um went to confirmation every Wednesday went to youth group every Wednesday and so I have always grown up religious I in my late high school years um I kind of lost my faith a little bit kind of trying to figure out what it was. Um, I think a lot of it stemmed from this idea of I believed in science, and so how can I believe in science and also Mm -hmm. be um, religious in the same Mm -hmm. aspect? Mm -hmm. Um, But once I went off to college, I found my faith very strongly again. Um, I grew up in Lutheran, and I am still Lutheran. I was Missouri Synod in high school, which is more of a stricter kind of um, Lutheran. I'm 
I believe our church now is non-denominational. Don't quote me on that right now. Um, it's a brand new church as of they started a year ago. So Ooh. that's super exciting. That is exciting. And so um, my faith journey has kind of been up and down. But then um, my father-in-law is a pastor. So <laughs> definitely kept um, my faith. And it is a very important aspect of who I am. And you could tell from the touches at your wedding too that like it was <laughs> it was a religious ceremony yeah. yeah it was it was I really appreciated that about the ceremony and it it's fed my church soul <laughs> that that I needed fed for a long time so yeah and as those of you who know me or see me around I always have my little cadenita of the Virgen which kind of you know hints at that I am Catholic it's actually my second name is Guadalupe. It's tattooed on my arm, too, for those of you that know me. Um, so faith has been something very important for me. I grew up with my faith, but it's progressed over time. You know, when I was a little kid, I think we weren't, my whole family as a whole, we didn't go, like, every Sunday. But then as I grew older, as our family, you know, went through di- difficult times, we found a great comfort in religion. So we began, we began going to church more often, and especially now that I am on my own, I find a special kind of comfort in going to church now on my own, out of my own um, motivation. So it's been really nice to kind of have that perspective on my religion now. So yeah, I go to um, Catholic Mass. And I always joke around with people that because I am Hispanic, um, I go to church in Spanish. And that's the one thing I am not bilingual in. I can only go to church in Spanish. You uh, probably heard it in the background there. Uh, we did have to pause recording for a second, which it feels very fitting for this episode. Um, we did have to pause to get Emily's cat, uh, Pebbles, out of his first Christmas tree. So uh, <laughs> thank you, Pebbles, for feeling the Christmas spirit like the rest of us. <laughs> so I, uh, like Emily, I grew up, which is, uh, you know, we're both Emily. We'll just be more similar. We'll confuse everyone. Um, I also grew up Lutheran. I grew up ELCA Lutheran. Um, my grandparents started the Lutheran church, the church that my mom attended in high school, and then I attended all the way through high school. And so I grew up going to confirmation, teaching Sunday school, being in choir, just being very involved with the church. And then um, I went to college and I knew it was something that I wanted to keep involved um, in my life in college, but I was also a biology major, and so I was getting a lot of mixed messages from friends, from professors, but I was never getting mixed messages from my pastor when I was an undergrad. I was not the only scientist at Lutheran Campus Ministries at the University of Minnesota, and so I do want to shout out Pastor Kate because she made... LCM, um, a super welcoming place for scientists and for us to ask the really hard questions and kind of wrestle with a lot of the ideas that are traditionally seen as like diametrically opposed between religion and biology. And um, because I did have one professor tell me that you can't be both. (laughs) And that's a really disheartening thing to hear as a freshman in college, but it was still a really important community to me. I met some of my best, best, best friends through church in undergrad because it was a nice place to know you had some shared values. So yeah, Emily, you bring a particularly interesting perspective on this because 
you know, Emily and I were psychology or you particularly are more in neuroscience than anything, but you're biology and then that's often the science that is brought up with like kind of these conflicts between religion and science and just, you know, that's just very important and I'm glad that this gives us an opportunity to talk about it, so. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, I find myself um, often playing a little bit of, I don't know, back and forth, tug of war, tennis, whatever you want to pong, I don't know, (laughs) whatever you want to think about, that it's like a back and forth between my family that is very, you know, quote unquote, Christian, religious, and feel like they need to uphold certain values, and with my scientist peers that don't have that additional lens to see their work through. And so there are studies that talk about how Christian students feel stigmatized, and that's not as much what I want to talk about today, although I do not disclose to many of my bio, my biology peers um, that I am Christian, which they're probably going to listen to this now, and so they'll hear it. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, not that I'm ashamed of it. It's just not something that ever comes up in mm-hmm. biology. Yeah. And so, of course... Um, the first thing that everyone will come up with when they're talking about science and faith is good old evolution. Um, evolution. <laughs> famous evolution, which I think we've... Um, we all got the spiel, too, whenever mm-hmm. I think when we were getting taught this. And like, there's conflicting, yeah, yeah. Like conflicting opinions on this, but this is what you need to know for like the test. I got told like, this is what you need to know for the test. Oh, like in your biology class? Yeah, you got told, got told okay, yeah. like, you don't have to believe in this, but here's what we're going to test you yeah. on type of it thing? It was just kind of, I think, the, the idea behind it was, because obviously this is a biology teacher t- telling us, but she was, like, trying to be inclusive, you know, going to a high school in Texas. It was like, yeah, this is what you need to know. Like, this is the material. If you don't believe in it, th- this is what you just need to know for the test and then forget all about it if mm-hmm. you want. So, yeah, that's the famous topic of evolution. Yeah, so... I've always struggled with how to respond to someone who says they don't believe in evolution. And it's because I have a different relationship with the the theory of evolution. Um, And it wasn't until a very good mentor and friend of mine from undergrad was responding to a student who in one of their assignments was saying, I can't believe in any of this. This isn't for me. And this was a biology class for biology majors. And so this was something we were surprised to be reading from a student. But my instructor, the professor responded with, I don't characterize my relationship with evolution as a belief. It's a framework of ideas that we have shown through empirical evidence to be how things are progressing. And we we're, we're still, we continue to empirically show that this is the process that, that organisms go through. And then my added layer to that is I also think that there's something behind that process. Yes, Pebbles, I do. Um, <laughs> is that I think that there is someone behind that process, that something needed to start this for it to happen because it's just so elegant of a framework and so it's so cool how things can progress through generations and we see how things change in response to whatever they're being exposed to and so I don't characterize it as a belief but there's a belief behind why 
I think it happens, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I was told I was a senior in high school, and I said that I was going into psychology. I didn't even, and then I said I was interested in the neuroscience aspect, but senior in high school, I really had no idea where I was going to end up. And I was told by someone that, how am I going to believe in God and be a Christian and study the brain? And they're not even contradicting theories mm-hmm. <laughs> or beliefs. Like, I'm just studying something that was created in my belief. Like, this is right? created exactly. and I'm just learning about it. There's so much we don't know about the brain or we, like, about everything in the universe in general. Like, there's a lot of things we don't understand. And that doesn't mean it's contradicting with my belief. It's just me studying what was created through my belief and so i don't think that they're contradicting yeah and they are often put as contradicting things and as similar to you i mean i don't talk about my religious side super often unless i'm super close or you bring it up like i'm more than willing to talk about my um religious my religious views and everything but it's not something that commonly comes up necessarily in academia right um obviously you mentioned that my wedding was pretty religious I had I mean my father-in-law did it it was a very religious ceremony and mm-hmm. I leading up to it I was kind of worried because I invited so all the psychology graduate students know because I invited right. all of them to the wedding but it was like different because it's a side of me that they didn't really know mm-hmm. some people I'm really close to like Odalis, Alex, Emily we all like you guys knew this aspect of me but I don't think everyone did and so Leading up to it, I was kind of nervous because I didn't want um, those negative views about Christians to be yeah. applied to me. You don't want um, them to think you're any less of a scientist. <laughs> like, right, yeah. I'm still a scientist. And then also, I, I feel like we'll talk about the sneak peek to future episodes is I'm a sexual minority. And so I don't want people to think that because I'm a Christian that I have that belief system either. So I feel like it's super contradicting that... Mm-hmm. It is a huge part of who I am, but it's also really hard because there's so many negative views on Christians just in general. A hundred percent. Yeah, and you brought up the sexual minority stuff, and so you, you, that's why are we voting on that? You know, there's like <laughs> yeah. I get so there are so many people that love to use those good old Christian values, and then they're voting against things that a are not Christian values, and b completely contradict science which, you know, LGBTQ rights, which my church did just hire an openly lesbian pastor, which I am so excited about. I'm so proud of my church for doing that. Um, It's a huge signal for where they want to bring the church in the future, which I'm, I'm so excited about that. So that's really exciting. But when people are voting on LGBTQ rights, like I know a lot of people that are Christian and don't think that they should be able to get married or have kids. I know a lot of people that are Christian that um, are against abortion. That's a big one. Um, And then they don't, like, agree with where there should be exceptions for it, and that feels very not Christian to me. Like, that Mm -hmm. feels like a control move more than it is about loving your neighbor as yourself. (laughs) I love that. I always love saying love your neighbor as yourself because I feel like people forget about it. They do. They They forget that that Jesus showed up. He flipped the table and he told them, forget about all that stuff. And remember, if you remember one thing, 
It's um, the new commandment. Love your neighbor as I have, as I have loved you. Okay, so what do the rats in the study that I'm going to talk about today and O'Dallas and I at Emily's uh, wedding have in common? (laughs) (laughs) We all love to bop it (laughs) to uh, Lady Gaga, Michael Jackson, Queen. And so if you you didn't know, we have kind of like a, a perception of musical rhythm as humans. People usually tend to you know, dance to the beats, clap to the beat, whatever. We have a perception of that musical rhythm. And it has been long been hypothesized that we have inherited that trait from our evolutionary ancestors. And so it kind of makes sense to be looking for that perception and that trait in other organisms. And the beat synchronization and the perception of beats has been found in rats um, a study um, out of japan that i will link in on our website but yeah rats have been found to move to the musical beat as humans do to songs by mozart queen lady gaga michael jackson and and so on so rats like to dance too so watch out new york uh careful (laughs) careful with those uh, beats on the subway Yeah, like I mentioned previously, um, religion, it's always been a big part of my life. And, you know, it's its always been like a source of comfort, but especially so now that I am in graduate school because this is such like a unique part of our lives and it it's something unlike anything I've ever experienced before. So especially having that comfort of, of my religion, it becomes very important to me. It's especially now in... A lot of people, you know, with the conflict that we just talked about, would think, oh, you're either religious or you're either Mm -hmm. a scientist, but no, that really hasn't been the case. A lot of people have brought that up, you know, like, oh, like, I know one time my grandma, she probably meant this with the best intentions, but she was like, well, now that you're a scientist, she's like, don't don't forget about God. (laughs) And I was like, I'm not going to forget about God. You know, this is still a big part of me. I'm just, like Emily mentioned earlier, I'm studying what he created. And, you know, it's become a bigger part of me now that I'm on my own and working my way through life because this is such a unique part of our lives. Can we talk about how satisfying and fulfilling it is to go to church for, by yourself for the first time? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Whole nother experience. Yeah. <laughs> That's when you feel like you fully, like, you're fully dedicated when yeah. you go by yourself to a new place mm-hmm. without your family. It's it's a whole new thing. It's so. fully yours yeah. yeah. for the first time. Because your family can only scaffold your experience with the church so much. Right. And, yeah, when it finally becomes, like, your responsibility to go and you want to be there. And it's, for me, it has also become a very intentional break in yeah. my week. Mm-hmm. Because graduate school, we've talked about it a lot. It's tough. Schedules so are demanding. Boundaries are hard to draw, but when you know you have something, whether it's a group on a weeknight or if it's a Sunday morning church that gets you out of the house and maybe even, for me, it also becomes a really important place where music plays a role. 
Mm-hmm. And music has always been something that's very spiritual to me. I'm actually named after a Christian song. <laughs> there is a song by Michael W. Smith called Emily that he wrote for his daughter that my parents listen to. And so that is the song I am named after. And so it's it's literally in my name <laughs> to be involved in music in this community. And so especially with um, the passing of my friend from college and then the passing of my grandfather a few weeks later, church and music have been a really important, I don't want to say crutch because I haven't depended on it, but support, a really important support to get through October of 2022. (laughs) I can definitely say um, it's been, it's been really nice when you go on your own. It's not, you know, mom and dad taking you and you're getting, you're along for the ride. It's, you're going on your own and it provides that much more of a support when it's your own motivation to go and I know for me like like you mentioned graduate school it's hard there's a lot of things to do so I also find it to be kind of a a form of self-care because you know it gets you up uh me particularly I go to church on Sunday mornings um so it gives me a reason to wake up at a decent hour um go to church you know get this nice uplifting ceremony and then from there I I usually do some grocery shopping I go home Mm -hmm. and I meal prep for the week and it's really nice because there's a certain piece to that of I started off my day right and then I did some things to take care of myself because it it can become hard sometimes as a graduate student definitely and I also find it interesting that we also don't think about it as something that's very academic well in fact church is really academic mm-hmm. in like the scripture and the texts and the way the different translations come out and it's something I didn't think about a whole lot until I got to college and we had a pastor that graduated from Harvard Divinity School which I did grow up with two pastors that grew up from Harvard Divinity School that they were married we loved them <laughs> one Christmas they did during the Christmas special all of the pastors did a spoof on the love boat theme song and they were introducing themselves and I, I came from a big church so there were like six or seven pastors and they got to one part and they had the Harvard grad and her husband too instead of the other way around because he was also a Harvard grad and so it could have been the Harvard grad and his wife um, so I, I always really appreciated that about my church but how much those pastors really like to dig into the roots of words and what the translation maybe really was from either Greek or Latin and how we can better use the context of the time or the politics of the time to understand where the scripture is going and have more of a conversation about it. And so, especially in college, church became a very academic exercise to me, which was very different from the academic exercises I was doing in my biology classroom. So I I can't remember if it was expressly mentioned at the beginning of this season, but Alex and I had the opportunity to work over the summer with um, NDSU's RU program. And so this is a summer research opportunity for undergraduate students. And we are very excited to announce that this program is happening again. And so if you know or you are an outstanding undergraduate student interested in learning and teaching in STEM, science, technology, engineering, math, or if you know any of your friends that are interested, then these students 
have the skills that we're looking for for our summer research program. So we encourage you or them to apply for our Discipline-Based Education Research, or DBER, REU program. This is going to be the 10th year of the summer REU program in DBER at North Dakota State University. It's an excellent opportunity for students interested in learning and teaching of STEM at the undergraduate level. So if you're interested in teaching college students whatsoever, it's super fun. This is a program for you. So you will work in a cohort of undergraduate scholars over a 10-week period during the summer, and you will be immersed in hands-on research experience in Deber. You will be housed on campus, so housing is provided, and there's a $6,000 stipend. Wow. So you get paid to come up here. So we will put the information for this program on our website, as well as the descriptions of the projects you could potentially work on. So you will also have the, you also may have the opportunity to present your research at a national conference with travel support from our, the REU program. And additional travel funding is available for travel to and from Fargo for those in financial need. Program begins May 30th, 2023, and will run through August 5th. Applications are due on January 18th. Like I said, I will put as much information as I have to provide you on our website, and maybe we'll get to see some of you in Fargo this summer. So you know we have talked a lot on this episode about our own personal faith, um, and we all happen to come from a Christian background, a little bit different between us, but all Christian in general. Um, And we just like to note that that's just our experiences. Experiences can be different um, among many other graduate students with different types of faith and different types of belief and spirituality. And we don't want to speak on behalf of them because everyone has their own experiences um, and they're all important. So who knows, maybe it'll be a part two to this episode that kind of gets more of an aspect of um, other religions within academia or other types of spirituality as well. Um, But these are just our experiences and what we've kind of went through in the first year, almost year and a half of our graduate schooling. Yeah, almost year and a half, guys. We're almost there. We're almost there. We're getting there. And so, slowly but surely, slowly but surely, we're getting there. <laughs> and so, with that, I think from all of us here at the Scientists in Training podcast, we would like to wish you, your family, your loved ones, a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate, celebrate it with love with the people that matter the most to you. The Scientists in Training podcast is not associated with North Dakota State University. Any opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, are not reflective of the university.